Hello and welcome to the Lacey Jane podcast. I am Lacey Jane and I'm here to share my personal stories of trauma and healing and growth to inspire you and to empower you to be the hero of your own story. It doesn't matter what you've been through. You can consciously create a life that you love and are so deserving of. So let's talk about it. In today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about forgiveness and the steps that I have taken to forgive the people in my life that have hurt me the most. Now, this has taken me probably, I would say about 14 years for me to really understand the process of forgiveness and to implement these steps. And I wouldn't say that this is a one size fits all, but I do feel like these are some key steps that you can start to incorporate when you are ready to forgive someone. And I want to start by saying it is okay and it is normal and it is natural if you feel ready to forgive and you want to forgive, but you just can't do it. It's actually perfect. Where you are right now, it is perfect. Because just being open to the idea of forgiving brings that into the possibility, right? It doesn't mean that you're okay with it. It doesn't mean that you're okay with what they have done. So don't try to force yourself to forgive until you are ready. Become open to the idea of forgiving. I remember feeling like, oh, I just want to forgive my mom. Like, I just want to forgive the people that have hurt me, but I can't yet. And I had to accept that that was okay. It's okay. It's okay to be angry. This is the cycle of grief. There is no guidebook on grief or healing. You just go at your own pace. And something that was very hurtful and very invalidating to me when all this was happening was people telling me that I need to forgive the people that have hurt me, not knowing what they have done to me. It felt very invalidating to me. And here's the thing. People don't get to tell you who to forgive or how to forgive or when to forgive. It is a very personal and very intimate journey that you have to go on through yourself and do what feels right to you. And you don't have to force that. And I do want to say that choosing to forgive someone is just setting you free. It's setting you free from the pain, the hurt, and the suffering that they have caused you. And it doesn't mean that it's okay. It doesn't make what they have done okay. It just means that you're forgiving them and you're setting yourself free from the pain that they've caused you. We don't have to allow those people in our lives just because we've forgiven them. So for one example was with my mom, I wanted to forgive her because I knew that it was hurting me. I knew that holding on to this resentment was only hurting me and I wanted to forgive her so bad but I just wasn't ready to because I was so angry with what she's what she did to me. And I was so angry at myself for allowing her to continue to hurt me over and over and over again because I wanted to see the good. And so how can you forgive someone? Like I said, I really, really wanted to forgive her, but I just couldn't. I couldn't find it in my heart to forgive her. And the first thing was recognizing that it's okay if I don't feel ready to forgive someone. It's okay if you don't feel ready to forgive someone. What I have learned is that we cannot force ourselves to forgive someone until we're ready to. And this may take 
weeks, it may take months, and it may take years, and that's okay. But learning to become open to the idea of forgiveness really allowed me to contemplate on the idea of forgiving her instead of just trying to full on trying to force myself to forgive someone and trying to forgive myself before I was ready to. Throughout the years when people would find out that I cut my mom off and that I didn't talk to her, people would say, well, that's your mom. You need to forgive her. And here's the thing. You don't get to tell people how to forgive, when to forgive. You don't get to tell them how they should feel or how they should heal or how they should move through their pain. Everyone's healing experience is completely personal to them. And when you try to force forgiveness onto someone, for one, it's very invalidating to the victim. It's like saying, it doesn't matter what they did, you need to forgive them and move past it. Well, that's very invalidating to their experience and what they have went through. You don't know what has happened. So I don't feel like it's right to be able to tell people that you need to forgive someone before they're ready to. It is a very personal journey that each person has to go on and they're going to heal it and feel it and move through it in a way that they are able to at that time. Trying to force someone to forgive someone is only going to make them feel bad about themselves and then also maybe even resent you or resent the other person that you're trying to make them forgive even more. So what I found was that I was at the point where I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about what my mom had done to me because for one, I was really embarrassed. If you haven't listened to the very first podcast episode and you're just now finding me, I found out that my mom and my husband were having an affair together. That was a pain that probably one of the worst pains that I've ever felt in my life because I felt completely betrayed by the two people that I was supposed to trust more than anything. And I had people telling me that I need to forgive my mom, not knowing what she had done to me. And so I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about it because they would shame me for cutting my mom off. So what I did was I had to validate myself and the experiences that I was going through. When everyone around me was gaslighting me and trying to make me feel like I was in the wrong or that I was making it up, I had to validate what I knew to be true. I had to validate myself, my feelings, my reality. When everyone else is around you is telling you how to think, how to heal, how to feel, how to move through things, how to um, what your reality is like, you start to deny your own reality because that's what gaslighting is. You don't you you start to believe everyone else. And so the way to take your power back in this situation was for me, it was for me to validate myself. So how did I do that? I started journaling. Journaling saved my life. I'm not even kidding you. Being able to connect with my own inner thoughts and being able to separate everyone else's stuff, everyone else's beliefs and thoughts and the things that they said and recognizing what is mine and what is theirs. Journaling really helps me be able to get intimate with my own thoughts, my own feelings, my own beliefs, which supported me in so many ways. It, it supported me in the way that I showed up. It supported me in the way that I moved through life and the choices that I made. 
because I knew that I was doing them from a place of, okay, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And this is how I'm going to move forward. I don't have to take on their beliefs. I don't have to take on their thoughts or be who they say I am. And if no one else around me is going to believe me, I believe myself. If no one else is going to stand up for me, I'm going to stand up for myself. And journaling really did save my life. Some other ways that you can validate yourself when you don't really know how to validate yourself is by going to therapy and getting a support system. For me, I didn't have a support system for a really long time. I didn't reach out to anyone because like I said, I was afraid and I was ashamed of what I had went through. And so journaling, hands down, saved my life. The second thing that I did to really learn to forgive was just to accept what had happened. I accepted that it happened, it's over, it's done, and there's nothing that I can do to change it. As much as I wanted to, as much as I wanted to continue holding on to that, like they were out living their best lives and here I am holding on to this pain that they had caused me, which then made me even more upset because why do they get to live their life and they're happy and they have everything that they've always wanted and here I am left with nothing, raising my child on my own with chronic illness and I have nobody on my side. And I would just replay that over and over and over again. And it wasn't hurting them at all. It was only hurting me. I feel like it was it was really slowly killing me, holding on to all of this pain and hurt and this resentment and anger that I had towards them. And I had to just accept that it's done. What happened, happened, and it's over with. And it's especially healing when you accept what had happened to you after everyone else, you know, maybe telling you that it didn't happen. So giving that gift to yourself and accepting that that happened is really healing. The third thing that I did was I asked myself, what lesson did this teach me? What boundaries do I need to reinforce, change, modify? Who am I going to allow to have access to me? And also, what do I need and how can I give that to myself? You know, I was a victim in that, in that circumstance with my mom and husband, but remaining a victim was a choice and I didn't want to keep being a victim because I know that my life would have turned out completely different if I would have played this victim card my entire life. I had to get up. I had to, I had to accept that this happened. I had to validate myself. And then I had to learn from this lesson. What lesson did this teach me? And I had to dig really deep because at one point I was like, well, that taught me, taught me not to trust anybody. You know, when your own mother and your own husband have an affair together, the two people that you're supposed to trust, how the hell are you going to trust anyone else? So for a long time, that was the lesson not to trust anyone. I hardened my heart up. I put my armor on and I went about my life and I didn't let anyone else in because I didn't want anyone else getting close to me because that could mean that they would hurt me just as bad or maybe even worse than what happened between my mom and husband. It was a very sad life that I was living and it was very lonely. And I started to get into manifesting and you know, mindset and, you know, pulling inspiration from these world-class leaders like Tony Robbins. And one thing that Tony Robbins always says is that life is happening for you, not to you. And so I started really incorporating that mindset into my life. And over time, I started learning other lessons that served me and the life that I wanted to create. 
better. I learned how to put boundaries up. I learned how to stick up for myself. I learned how to trust myself. That's a big thing when you've been gaslit. You start to question yourself. You start to question your reality. And you start to question if you can ever trust yourself ever again. And I always feel like there's a lesson to be learned when we find ourselves in these situations. Like I said, even though I was a victim, deciding that I was going to remain a victim would have been a choice. And I didn't want to give them that power over me. I wanted to take my power back and I wanted to rise above it. And I wanted to learn the lessons that I needed to learn in order to grow and heal and live the life that God created me for. I didn't want to stay in this victim mentality and have them have all this power over me. The third thing, and this is probably something that I learned probably about 10 years after this had happened, was that I started to choose to see things from their perspective. I started to see my family as just little kids that were hurting. This does not mean that it was okay, that what they did was okay. It helped me to understand why they did the things that they did. And this kind of leads on to the fourth thing was stop internalizing it and making it about me. You know, I could sit there all day and I could say, what did I do wrong? How could I have changed this? What did I do to make my mom hate me so much to do this to me? Did my husband not find me attractive? Did he find my mom more attractive than me? Like our brains need a story. Our brains need a story. And if we don't create a story that serves us, We will continue to be a victim to the story that our brain creates for us. And that is so powerful. I want you to really hear that. If we don't create the story that serves us, we're going to be a victim to the story that our brain creates. So even if we are a victim in that circumstance, we can decide that we're going to take our power back and we're going to tell ourselves a new story. So like even going back from my childhood when my dad abandoned me, That was a story that I was creating and I was making it about me. Like I wasn't good enough. My dad didn't love me because I wasn't good enough. If I would have just been better, then he wouldn't have abandoned me. And that was the story that my brain just created when I was a little kid because I, my brain needed to know and it needed to create a story because that's what our brains do. Whether you recognize that this happens or not, a lot of it is subconscious and we're not aware of the stories that our brain is brain is creating so instead of my dad abandoning me because I wasn't good enough I changed that story to my dad just didn't have the capacity to give me what I needed and that story feels a lot better to me doesn't matter if it's true or not believing that story that my dad just didn't have the capacity to give me what I needed feels a lot better to me than believing that my dad abandoned me because he didn't love me or because I wasn't good enough it had nothing to do with me so I had I stopped internalizing it and I stopped making it about me another thing was like my mom hates me you know it's very easy to think that, <laughs> that your own mom hates you and that may be true But that story isn't serving me. It's not serving me. It's keeping me as a victim. It's making her have more power over me. And so instead of saying that my mom hates me, I just say I am simply a mirror to my mom. And I'm reflecting back what she needs to heal. That doesn't mean that I have to make her or her or my dad. That doesn't mean that they have access into my life. It just means that I stopped making it about me. And I took my power back. And all of this has taught me very powerful lessons. It doesn't mean that what they did was okay. It just means that I'm not going to eternalize it and I'm not going to make it about me and I'm going to change the stories that I'm telling myself because I'm not going to stay a victim. They're not going to have that power over me. 
And then the fifth thing was just understanding that this is a cycle of grief and having compassion for myself that what I'm feeling is normal. It's natural. It's okay. I allowed the emotions to come up and then I'm validating myself. I'm reminding myself the lessons that I learned think about the stories that I'm telling myself about it and and you know I just stop making I just stop making it about me allow the emotions to come up and I think a lot of times we automatically associate grief with the loss of a loved one like death but for me understanding that the cycle of grief could literally be anything from losing a job to losing a pet to losing a friend to losing an identity of ourselves There's so many different things that could cause the cycle of grief and it's okay. We can allow these emotions to come up. We can feel these emotions completely and we validate ourselves and our story and what we've been through. And then we learn the lesson from it and we learn to stop internalizing it and we change the story so that it serves us, so that we take our power back from these situations. And I will say it is very hard to grieve when you have someone that you have to care for. Like, for example, you know, my daughter was very young when all this happened and I became a single mom and she needed me. She depended on me for literally everything. So I was in survival mode, just trying to keep a roof over our heads. And I did what I had to do. And I didn't have time to stop and feel my emotions. And so it took quite a while for me to understand that this is a cycle of grief and what I was feeling was okay and it was normal and it was natural and I don't need to shame myself for feeling what I was feeling. I was gaslit by every single person in my life and I'm also deciding not to remain a victim because I've learned some very powerful lessons that have completely changed my life. I've taken my power back and I can look back now at those situations and say, I'm so grateful that that happened. I'm so grateful that I didn't get what I thought that I wanted. Just like I was talking about in the previous podcast was that it's it's a good thing that we don't always get what we think we want. Some other things that I did to help me throughout this process was I came across Louise Hayes and, and she has a YouTube video called 101 Affirmations. And I listened to that every single morning and that helped me so much. Another thing is, I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, I'm going to try to pronounce it correctly. It's O'oponopono, and it is an ancient Hawaiian spiritual practice for forgiveness. And what Ho'oponopono means is it means to make things right. And what Ho'oponopono means is it means I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And it is incredibly simple but it's also super powerful. And I have created a very simple but incredibly powerful meditation. And I've created this meditation for free. And you can get it at laceyjane.com forward slash forgiveness. I'll also link it down in the show notes. Like I said, it's okay. You don't have to forgive people until you're ready to. But when you're ready to, that meditation will be up for you and it's completely free. And I would love to hear how that, how it served you. And the very last thing, this is number six, is that if you don't have a purpose or a passion in your life, find one, try, try different things, explore different hobbies. I 
really got into arts and crafts and that's something that I've always loved doing. But after all of this happened, I really dove headfirst into my work and I started a DIY YouTube channel. It now has, I think, 65,000 subscribers or so. But when I first started that, it was just as a hobby so that I could take my mind off of everything that was going on inside of my mind and get my hands, like put that into my hands and doing physical work and transforming spaces. And you never know what could come out of that. Like I actually was able to make a sustainable amount of money. I was featured in so many different magazines and articles around the world. I had run won awards through Howes and I mean, there were just so many blessings that came along with that. I collaborated with people and so many features and I had a lot of great opportunities, but that's what I had to do at that time because I had to do something to get my mind off of everything that was going on around me and it helped me immensely. And like I said, you don't know like what's going to come about it, but just doing it just to do it because it's something that you're passionate about helps so much. Just having a reason to get up and make things and create content and stay motivated really, really helped me. And I believe that God gives us our talents and our passions for a reason. And at the time, I didn't understand why I love doing DIYs. But then taking my past and everything that I've been through and asking like, how can I help other people through this? It all starts to make sense because now we're going to be building tiny homes for single moms. We're creating a community that I wish that I always had. And we're using our hands and building. And now I can use my YouTube channel in order to get sponsors. And, you know, at the moment, it doesn't make sense. But when we look back on it, it all just starts to wrap up and make sense. And it's quilted into your own beautiful legacy, really, of everything that you've been through and everything that you're here to create and do and have and be in this world. Being able to use my story and my experiences to help other people also I felt like is giving me more purpose. It makes it helps me make sense of the things that happened to me because I can say, oh, well, this had to happen to me for me to be able to help other people with it. You know, I'm the type of person where it's like, I don't really want to learn from someone that is just going by the textbook of what I've been through. I want someone that's actually been through what I've went through and now they have created this beautiful life for themselves. That gives me hope and inspiration that I can do the same. And so that is exactly why I created my signature program called Pain to Purpose. It is literally your six-figure blueprint. I believe everything that we've been through was for a reason and we can help other people that are in the same situation that we have successfully made it out of and we can create a business out of that. And I created this blueprint shortly after I had lost everything and within six months, I had hit six figures. So Pain to Purpose will teach you step-by-step on how to have, do, be, and create what only you are here to create in this world. It is literally your one and only group coaching program that you will ever need in order to help you build, grow, and scale your business using strategy, intuition, and your greatest asset, you. So you can sign up for Pain to Purpose or enroll just depending on when you're listening to this. Go to lacyjane.com forward slash pain to purpose. And I will also link that in the show notes as well. One other thing that I wanted to mention is that 
This is one of my favorite Bible verses and one that I stand behind because I've lived it. It is Romans 8, 28, and it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And just another Bible verse that I have just loved so much is Genesis 50, 20, which says, You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So I hope that this was helpful to you. I know that it has taken me a very, very long time to come up with this step-by-step guide. But just remember not to be hard on yourself if you are wanting to forgive someone and you just can't do it just yet. It is okay. And that's normal. It's natural. There is no guidebook on grief or healing. You just go at your own pace and be open to the idea of forgiving. And you can revisit this podcast as much as you need. And again, I will have all the links listed down below that can help you in your healing journey. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you in the next one.